You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. Fans, whoo, we got a fire show for you today. <laughs> We're going to talk about the NBA Finals or this live versus PGA. We're going to talk a little bit about this. And then uh, we got an interesting surprise for you. But first, Danny, to the NBA Finals and where the Golden State Warriors are up three games to two. Big mm-hmm. game tonight in Boston, but man, in game five, the Golden State Warriors prevailed 104 to 94 off an incredible game by Andrew Wiggins, man. Mm-hmm. 26 points, 13 rebounds by Andrew Wiggins. And let me just say, Clay came through with 21. Steph had an off night. Mm-hmm. shooting wise 16 points i'm gonna tell you this too danny i remember seeing on nba tv uh the pregame warm-up by steph curry and he made me tired i'm like man <laughs> you working <laughs> that's a workout man that you're doing for your pregame i think yeah. it kind of showed up in his legs he didn't have any legs man a lot of his jumpers were were short mm-hmm. uh and everything so he may need to tamp down a little bit on the legs but i don't know he called himself King Pe- King Petty, uh, based upon what the Boston Celtics or the Boston community have said about his wife Aisha not being able to cook. But I'm pretty certain King Petty Steph Curry gonna come up in there and be a chef. So we'll see about game game six tonight, Danny. But man, awesome game five. Mm-hmm. I-, I think this opens the door for. An awesome game six. I think Golden State gonna win tonight, man. Oh man, I'm going to Golden State tonight, man. I, I think Chef Curry is gonna be cooking. King Petty is gonna be cooking, man. Not only that, Danny. I, I think Golden State doesn't want to go game seven. Anything can happen in game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hearing that Jason Tatum's minutes may be cut a little bit, maybe cut in quarters one through three, so that way he can have some legs, be fresher in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because uh, they're going to need him. Uh, but I think the Golden State Warriors realizes that the trophy, the Larry Ob trophy, is in the building. Yep. The Bill Russell MVP award is in the building. I think Golden State's going to go ahead and knock them off, man. What say you, Danny? Jason, this series has not disappointed at all. This is why I was looking forward to the series, man, because Boston, you know, has length. They have the wings and the Warriors are more of a smaller team, but they they can run the ball up and down the court with their guards. Andrew Wiggins is having this coming out party here, and he has saved them actually these last mm-hmm. two games. Oh, most definitely. His offensive rebounding in mm-hmm. particular, 
and him being aggressive. So Andrew Wiggins has always had that. And that was one of the reasons Minnesota, I don't say gave up on him, but he just never had that assertiveness. Mm-hmm. And if you remember back when Jimmy Butler was in Minnesota, that was one of his gripes with Andrew Wiggins was his assertiveness and caring and being, you know, wanting, having that will to win. And now he's actually showing that now. And the Warriors have something here with Wiggins and they're going to need him definitely tonight in order to pull this off. But they're going to need Steph to get off tonight, like you mentioned in particular, because, yeah, he was off. For them to pull that game out like they did with him being as broke as he was, that was huge. I think the one thing, though, man, is Boston is at home. They kind of struggle a little bit at home in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But in particular with this one, I think they they pull it out tonight. I I would like to see Golden State win, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do because, like you said, you do not want to go to a game seven. And these games have been very tight. And it's just been a couple possessions here, there. Like in game five, they had that technical with Marcus Smart and then coach uh, from Boston, Imadoku. Just a couple swings here and there. Boston could have won that game in game five. I am looking forward to a good game tonight. And I would not be surprised if Golden State wins. But I'm, I'm thinking Boston whole serve and then they head back to Golden State for Golden State to close out the series in seven. Uh, I'm going to tell you this, Danny. Kevon Looney got in there, played two minutes, and had three fouls. Mm-hmm. And that just really messed him up the entire game uh, in game five. I don't think that's going to be the case in this particular game. I think mm-hmm. Kevon Looney is going to actually be out there for a few more minutes uh, and uh, won't get into foul trouble. So I think he's going to be a little bit more impactful uh, in this particular game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. didn't have a, a, a great game, two mm-hmm. points. Uh, played 15 minutes or what have you. Um, but I think Kevon Looney is going to be a difference maker here uh, in this particular game. Gary Payton Jr., I mean, Gary Payton the second man, 15 points, 26 minutes. He's, he's going to get some well. – he's been playing very well, man. I think he's going to get even more uh, minutes this particular game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they really want to close this one out. I think with his athleticism – uh, and uh, I think in his defense, his defensive presence has been, Oh man, it's huge. been outstanding. And I think what Golden State did was they actually, uh, forced Tatum and Brown a little bit left. Mm-hmm. And unless Tatum and Brown magically found their left hand, Uh, it's going to be the same situation, but I think this is going to be a more contested game. I think Golden State realizes it, but I think there's going to be some unsung heroes uh, in this particular game, man. That's going to really step up. Uh, So this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. All right, Danny, just so just into a little NBA news, uh, interesting trade actually happened. Christian Wood, it's traded to the Dallas Mavericks, man. A first round, twenty six pick, mm-hmm. and uh, a few other players, man. Danny, let me just say this real quick. Obviously, this is in preparation for the draft that is coming up, um, not for the NBA. But this move is fantastic, in my opinion, by the Dallas Mavericks. 
we know Christian Wood from the days when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks and how Giannis and him would go at it. Yep. Uh, how they really pushed each other. Mm-hmm. And we've seen uh, Wood in, in uh, Detroit. We've seen what he did, had done in, in Houston now. And I think this is going to match up and pair very well with Luca Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. and the other pieces that Dallas has. So, uh, man, watch out for Dallas, man. I think this is a move that could really, really help them. Now, would that put them over the top against Golden State? No. Not, no. Not with what Golden State has waiting for them. But it's going to make Dallas a lot more competitive. What say you, Danny? Yeah, the trade was – Shock. We've seen a couple rumors out here, you know, as we prepare for the NBA draft next week, Thursday, a holiday for some of us. This one did, came out of left field. I had no idea. And then we saw it come through on the uh, wire. And I think it adds, that gives them a presence down low. So, you know, they have Powell, they have uh, Bertans, they have Kleber, but they're, they don't have any post game. Nope. They're all outside the third, you know, three-point line. That's where they live. So Christian Wood actually gives them a presence down low because he can create his own shot down low mm-hmm. and he can feed off Luka. So it's actually, I think, a great fit for – and Christian Wood, you know, I thought they had something going with Houston based on what they did this season, you know, with the young talent, with Jalen Green and those guys. Mm-hmm. But – it's a great move for him, man, to go from Houston where they're rebuilding and, you know, kind of building from the ground up to Dallas, where who's a contender. And now Danny on to the live versus PGA, man, it's a whole lot about this live uh, golf in uh, the events that happen, but live L I V for those of you who do not know is a now a competitor to the PGA Professional Golf Association Tour. Uh, Liv has really poached a lot of the popular golfers from the PGA. And the PGA has responded by suspending those players, those golf players who uh, have actually uh, gone over to Liv. Uh, Liv is actually sponsored and controlled by Saudi Arabia and where they actually have this investment fund that um, basically offers large payouts. Uh, so Liv actually had the inaugural event in London and where the winner gets $4 million. In this particular case, the winner is Charles uh, Schwartzel. Got $4 million in second place. And this is according to the African-American Golfers Digest. The second place winner gets $2.125 million. In this case, was Henny Duplessa. Uh, third place winner gets $1.5 million. And it goes down the line and where the last place winner gets $120,000. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but in these tournaments by Liv, they only play 54 holes versus that of the PGA tour where they play 72 holes. So three days versus four days. 
Not only that, but Lib actually has this team event payout system in where the winning team gets three million or got three million dollars. The second place team got one point five million dollars, and the third place team gets got five hundred thousand dollars. So basically, uh, Liv has some deep pockets, man. And not only we're we talking about the prize money, but these golfers actually get uh, just a lump sum of money just for them in, in terms of coming over to Liv. So a lot of golfers have actually turned in their PGA cars, man. Mm-hmm. And so, Danny, I was trying to figure out what in the hell is the PGA doing to these golfers? Mm -hmm. And so this forced me to kind of do some more research in terms of what's the problem? What are the issues that the PGA has with the golfers? Or what are the PGA golfers saying about the issues that the PGA has on them? And so in doing some research, I found this intriguing article uh, by Sports Illustrated, man. This was dated back in February of this year. And they actually interviewed Phil Milkison. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to read an excerpt here from from, uh, Sports Illustrated, giving them the proper respect. And and the article was by uh, Bob Herrick. And I just thought that this was fast, a fascinating read, man. Uh, and this is a quote from Phil Mickelson. And I quote, um, it's not public knowledge, all that goes on, but the players don't have access to their own media. If the tour, talking about the PGA tour, wanted to end any threat they could just hand back the media rights to the players, but they would rather throw $25 million here and $40 million there than give back the roughly $20 billion in digital assets they control or give up access to the 50 plus million dollars they take, they make every year on their own media channel. There are many issues, but that is one of the biggest for me personally. It is not enough that they are sitting on hundreds of millions of digital moments. They also have access to my shots, access I do not have. They also charge companies to use shots I have hit. And when I did the match, there have been five of them. The tour forced me to pay them $1 million each time for my own media rights. (laughs) That type of greed is, to me, beyond obnoxious. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of provide some context here, um, in terms of the match uh, that Phil Mickelson was referring to, uh, the first two of those matches actually involved Tiger Woods. Uh, The first edition was played in Vegas in 2018, was at first to be winner-take-all purse of $10 million, but the PGA Tour stepped in and made the organizers reduce the number to $9 million because it, did, it didn't want the prize to equal the amount that was then given to the FedEx Cup champion. Danny, man, I, I, I did not notice 
So Phil goes on to say, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. My ultimate loyalty is to the game of golf and what it has given me. Um, he further goes on. Um, talking about he doesn't know where it's headed. Um, he says the media rights are but a small fraction of everything else. Uh, and it is towards obnoxious greed that has really opened the door for opportunities elsewhere. Uh, Danny, this is, this, oh man, this is this a mess, man. This is a mess. I did not know. I did not know. And thank you, Bob Herrick, uh, who was the author of the article for Sports Illustrated. Hey man, Danny, I did not know that the PGA tour had such a, on these moments mm -hmm. and on their assets. Yep. That is huge, man. And these golfers are, that are going to live, they're getting paid more than what they've had, what they have won in their careers. Yep. In, um, in the first year. So let me just say, Obvious, there's obvious issues with the human rights. Um, there are concerns with uh, people getting killed, um, in particular uh, journalists. And we definitely send our thoughts and prayers to that family and those families. Um, but Danny, in reading the article and reading what the PGA is doing here, and it really reminded me about NBA Top Shot and those digital moments, right? Yep. And I immediately thought, wow, this is something that I think the NBA got right. Mm -hmm. You had the NBA Top Shot Dapper Labs. Yep. And then you had the NBA and the Players Association. And I think those, that was key to have some kind of meeting, to have some kind of middle ground where you have the union of the players to come together. And now they're going to have their unions of the retirement players and stuff. Yeah. Come together and figure out a contract deal for licenses to these moments um, mm -hmm. that are owned by, in a sense, the NBA produced and made by the NBA players themselves. Yeah. Golf doesn't have that. And so there's a whole lot of money that is being left on the table for these golfers. Yes. But the PGA Tour, show enough, is profiting off of this, man. What say you, Danny? Jason, this whole thing is is wild. And you got to look at, it kind of reminds me after reading the article as well, of artists and musicians mm -hmm. and owning their masters. Mm -hmm. So that's what I equate it to, right? You want to own your masters. You've done the work. Mm -hmm. You should get, have the right to own your masters, right? And... Obviously, there's these deals that are now becoming public due to what's some lights are being shined on the PGA for mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And these golfers are exposing that. So you look at 
Dustin Johnson, for example, he's another one that joined. He's making he he gets a signing bonus of one hundred fifty million dollars. Come on, man! To just join the league, <laughs> they have eight tour dates. Come on, man! He gets a chance to make a lot of money at these events, playing less holes, which is less wear and tear on his body. Some people may not see that as much because it's golf, but it can take a toll on your body, all the torquing and twisting your knees, your back Mm -hmm. and everything, Mm -hmm. shoulders. You have that. And it's one of those things now that the PGA has a problem. (sighs) Yeah. Because Bryson DeChambeau is another one. Yep. Got paid. Got paid. And who's to say who's next, right? Yeah. Yep. Because it's an opportunity, it's opportunity, opportunity and being a capitalist, right? You're taking your talents and you see others doing it and they're making all this money. You're over here on the PGA tour and you're not making that money. So there's a lot of, that's about, I think about to come out. Is this just starting to simmer to start boiling in a minute? Hey Amen. Danny, uh, let me read this excerpt from the mm-hmm. same article here. It says the tour did also charge a rights fee to those putting on the event. Mm-hmm. As Mickelson noted, players assigned their media rights to the PGA Tour upon taking membership, a stipulation that went into effect more than 50 years ago when players led by Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer mm-hmm. Jack Nicholas, and Bob Goldby broke from the PGA of America and eventually formed the PGA tour because the tour owns a player's media rights. It can extract a fee whenever those players appear on television outside of a PGA tour event. It is why also players are required to receive releases effectively permission for playing in competing events such as this week's tournament on the Asian tour which is staged opposite the PGA Tours AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Yeah. This is a damn shame, man. Milkerson cited his famous shot at the par 5 13th hole during the final round of the Masters in 2010, which set up a birdie on his way to a green, third green jacket. According to Milkerson, a user who wanted to show a clip of that shot was required to pay $30. Check this out, Danny. <laughs> According to Milkerson, a user who wanted to show a clip of that shot was required to pay $30,000 per second. <sighs> Augusta National owns the rights to the master's footage. Mm-hmm. Danny. <laughs> Big business, man. This is, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. Now, this thing, this puts things into perspective of what Phil and others are trying to do mm-hmm. and trying to leverage. But just as we talk about what these professional golfers are doing, Danny, yeah, I want to take a moment and ask the question to the African American golfers associations is it time for you to form your own golf league what prompted that question danny i remember uh earlier in the week looking 
for information on this on this live right yeah liv and i'm thinking that it was going to be you know front and center on the african-american golfers digest webpage, and it wasn't it was further down um it has since moved up um and everything a little bit here um but it really prompted me to ask the question about a black golf league i mean if live can do this Mm -hmm. right and we're talking about now man media rights i mean i think we're to a point where you can just use i don't know facebook live you can use i mean there's a a plethora of streaming opportunities that a black golfing association could actually use to really showcase their golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are sponsors that would be willing to sponsor this black golf association. I don't know. I'm just thinking, I think what live has done has done is opened the minds that we can go ahead and do something. Now, granted, they got deeper pockets. Yep. <laughs> they don't have a TV deal. Yep. Uh, they had deeper pockets and such, but nonetheless, man, I think this may open up the opportunity. Uh, the only thing is, I don't know how much people would actually go physically go and watch. Mm-hmm. So ticket sales and stuff at the gate probably won't be as much. I know it won't be as much, if you will. What about these HBCU golfers coming out? Mm-hmm. Where do they go? After yep. they graduate, you know, I, I think there's some opportunities here, Danny. What say you? Yeah, Jason, it just, I think just in general, man, it's going to open some eyes to figure out how funding can, can happen to make up different leagues. And I think it just takes one star, right? And it could be someone that in our day and age is someone that goes viral. Someone does something to just bring that attention to a new league like you're proposing. But you need that because golf, since Tiger Woods has kind of fallen off, yep, it was, you know, in the spotlight. And now this is happening because it's more of a money grab. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of different dynamics going on here. But all in all, golf is a long sport. And for those who play it, obviously they enjoy it and understand the time commitment. And it does, it, it takes a long time to watch a tournament. Yeah. And this, and with how today's day and age is too, everything's very quick. So that's why you need someone, you need someone to have that attention like Tiger. Mm -hmm. If you're starting a league, like you're proposing, because otherwise it's going to be hard to get those dollars Mm -hmm. to support that league and get the backing behind it. I'm very curious to see what happens now. And I can definitely see other things popping up here uh, with golf. It's if, especially if they start dismantling the PGA, because yep. it's going to, you're kind of getting this um, with this old, uh, this, this mentality from back in the day is no longer today. So if you look at college football at how they're going to, they might have to change how things have always been they're going to have to pivot and are they going to split things off and do so there's all these different things over the next couple of years 
may shift and depending on who's involved and who has this money may change how the landscape looks going forward. And finally, Danny, uh, let's just say Dion may have done it again. Coach Prime may have done it again. Uh, they are on going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to say this, man, uh, real quickly. Uh, kudos to Jackson State. Kudos to Coach Prime uh, for making the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated. I think I don't think I know it's going to give them even more exposure than what they have mm-hmm. uh, in Dahl. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I think it's an opportunity not only for Jackson State, but it's an opportunity for all of HBCU football um, in Dahl. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to um, offer uh, more recruits possibly to go to Jackson State and just be honest. But nonetheless, I think this is a great opportunity. What say you, Danny? Seeing Coach Prime on the cover, it just put a smile on my face, man. I, I just look when we first started talking about this once he went to Jackson State, and his impact and what he's been doing since he's been there. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. You get someone like Dion. He understands the marketing. He understands the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. He is the perfect person. Bring things to the forefront to the point of now he has Jackson State ahead of the season on the cover of SI. Yep. With his son and Travis Hunter. Mm-hmm. And there's some other pictures in there, which if you go online, you can check them out. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you, man, what he's doing here. And he continues to try to trailblaze from the HBCU community to the NFL and bringing eyes to these universities is nothing but positive. And right. that's where it has to right. stay. Right. Where it could be revenue generating opportunities congratulations uh it's awesome like i said because we've been talking about it since he's been around and just see the progress Mm -hmm. since he's been there since he rolled up into the press conference to where he is today and the voice he has for the student athletes to try to break down those barriers and those some of those roadblocks that may be in place now that are in place now to uh push forward and keep moving ahead, man, with a smile on his face. Yep. Thank you for joining us at Bat Ports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. Thank you.